Welcome to the Luminous Podcast, helping you follow the simple yet profound call of Jesus to go and make disciples. Hello everyone, this is Nick from the Luminous Podcast again. This episode you're about to listen to is part two of a conversation on Luke chapter 10 verses 1 to 4. Parts 1 and 2 were recorded as one complete podcast, but to keep each episode under an hour, we decided to split this conversation into two parts. So we're jumping in midstream to this discussion on the posture of a person who brings Jesus to others. If you haven't listened to part 1 on uh, chapter 10, verses 1 to 2, please do so as we're going to make reference in this half of the discussion to things said in the previous half. By way of a quick recap, in part one, we talked about how Jesus sends his followers to others, but he tells us to lead with prayer, specifically that God would raise up co-workers for the the harvest from within the harvest itself. He tells us that the harvest is plentiful or abundant, even when it seems difficult, but we don't know what part of the process we're in. We could be tilling the soil or reaping a crop, but it's all part of a plentiful harvest. So let's jump in to part two of Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 4, the posture of a disciple maker. Okay, so this all sounds good, right? This all sounds like, oh, the the harvest is plentiful. I mean, there might be difficult labor, but the harvest is plentiful. This sounds amazing, you know. But then we get to verse (laughs) 3. So they're, verse, they're starting to get excited now. This yeah, is this is good. Yeah. And then and then he says in verse three, now go, I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. Hmm. Well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you make? I mean, obviously, like it's very simple what Jesus wants us to do. He says, go right now. Go. So, OK, great. If we're going to live uh, an obedience based discipleship and, and want to follow Jesus, we're going to go. But what about that? other part. I mean, I we'll get feel like that's very encouraging. Like I don't know did, like I don't know why Jesus needed to say that cuz he like he could have just been like, "Go, harvest, we're bringing in the sheaves." Yeah. You know, but here he's like, like if I was if I can just picture it, if I had a cute little lamb and I sent it out into <laughs> wolves, the lamb would get ripped apart and destroyed. And so that's what I don't know, that's just not very encouraging, Jesus. So what's up with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's better that they warned him. I mean, I remember when my sister and my parents put me on the roller coaster <laughs> and said, oh, it's no big deal. And I was like, oh, okay. And I <laughs> was not very happy with them. I uh, never went on a roller coaster again for decades because it freaked me right out. I, I think it's fair that Jesus says, I want to be careful. This is not a merry-go-round. This is not a fun little ride. There is going to be some points here that might be terrifying. But it would be terrifying. Like what he's saying would be terrifying. That's exactly it. Like a lamb among wolves would be terrifying. So I think if we were to sort of unpack that, um, you know, that metaphor, one of the things I think it tells us is, is even though the harvest is plentiful, even though Jesus is there before us and he's following up behind us, um, the work might be or maybe will be difficult. It will be sacrificial, and it might be normal that a person could face rejection. And so I, I think this is, if you're a lamb among wolves, 
you wouldn't be surprised by persecution. It wouldn't surprise you would expect it almost to be to, to face some level of opposition or persecution because you're a lamb among wolves. But I think what we need to make sure of as followers of Jesus today is that let's en- ensure that if we're facing rejection, it's because of the message of Christ and not the way that we're presenting the message. Mm-hmm. Because there are people who, who just have no interest in um you know in in the the good news of the gospel at this point of life in their time. But there's lots of peace, people who have no interest in being, you know, talked down to <laughs> or being treated, like, you know, talked to by a jerk <laughs> of some sort. So we have to just, I, I, it, I, I get concerned when people go out and um, they, they live out their faith in a way that's very abrasive and and mm-hmm. very um, judgmental and very unkind uh, and without compassion and then and then they say well uh, you know these people they're they're rejecting Jesus and and I say I I don't think they're rejecting Jesus I think they're rejecting you <laughs> and the way that you're presenting Jesus I don't know what do you guys think well don't get me started on that <laughs> I could go a long time talking about Christians who yeah present Jesus in a way that I don't think that Jesus would want to be presented. But thinking about the lamb among wolves, I, I just I go back to that, um, his his command to go in pairs. I mean, if I was a lamb among wolves, I would sure be glad to have somebody with me. To mm. Like you said before, I think that's part of Jesus caring for us, like to have somebody with us to hold us up and support us, just like you said, Danny. Yeah, I, I definitely would appreciate the support if I knew we were going among wolves. Um, partly because you can push the other one in front and let him <laughs> take it on the chin and yeah. you, you, you get a chance to run away. Yeah. But no, if in this, in this case, the, yeah, Jesus isn't like, he just says it lamb, like a lamb among wolves. It's not even that he's saying to them to do anything or change anything. He's just acknowledging mm-hmm. that it will be a little bit like being a lamb among wolves. There are people that have determined how to find peace They've determined how to flourish and they have an idea of what it looks like to flourish in life. And it might be money. It might be prestige. It might be their religious duties or their legalism, their gods. And you come in with this message about preparing the way for Jesus, who's going to teach us a new way. It creates hostility. And and people aren't just, oh, that's interesting. Sometimes they attack and they get angry. And I think it is... Uh, this verse maybe represents a greater teaching that he's probably already given them is that you see how it's played out. Even in his own ministry, people get upset. So when you go out there, don't be surprised. Doesn't he say that later on uh, in one of the Gospels? He says, I send you out. Don't be surprised if people don't like you because of me. Mm-hmm. Right. In fact, it's going to happen. So this is, uh, this is a concept that continues throughout the, the scriptures that when we share in the love of Jesus, some people just don't like it. And they sometimes even try to shred you apart. And you've got to have some pretty tough skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we'll, we'll get into that more in the next podcast when we look at verses 5 to 9. Um, but one of the things, like the, the voice translation of this uh, translates it, I am sending you out armed with vulnerability like a lamb among wolves. And I think that there's, there's, a, there's an idea in there that I like, this idea of being armed with 
vulnerability. Because right now we've got two images. We've got the from the first two verses we have the image of harvest, and then in this verse there's almost an image of slaughter, or that's what you would at least expect if there's a lamb among among wolves. And so I think sort of where we can again going back to the idea of posture. This, a lamb among wolves, this isn't like a conquest model. Mm-hmm. You're not going in as, as like, you know, something with fangs, something that can fight the wolves. Uh, lambs go in peace. Lambs always, like, lambs just, they, they go in peace. And so Jesus is saying, you guys, f- my followers, you do the lamb. You're the one that's going in peace. Well, who, like, when wolves are present among lambs who does like the butt kicking the shepherd does and so who's the shepherd jesus and so so i i feel like he with this he's kind of saying to us you're going in sacrificially you're going in armed with vulnerability you're going in with with peace and if there's if there's any butt kicking to be done um i'll do it because, you know, I'm, I'm the shepherd. I'm the one who's guarding my flock from the wolves. And that's the beautiful thing. It's like, even though he says, you're going to go, you're going to be a lamb among wolves, we do have a shepherd who is also guarding his flock and guarding his lambs from wolves. And so, yes, there is sacrifice, and, and yes, there is potential rejection and, and persecution, but the lamb will not be overcome by by the wolves because there's a good shepherd that's looking after the lamb. I like this. You you've mm. you've just turned the table on me and Jamie, who right away defaulted to the wolf in the story. <laughs> like Jesus was really trying to warn them about the wolves. You've turned the table and said, What if the wolf was already understood? And that's not really the surprise. What if the surprise word was you need to be lambs? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the part that concerned them more so than the wolves. That oh, okay you want me to be more lamb-like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think almost like the wolves are assumed. Assumed. And Jesus is saying, don't go out as another wolf. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Go out as a lamb. Because, and, and that's the model of Jesus. Like, if you just think of the, the, the life presented by Jesus, you know, in the Gospels and the cross and everything, that is the life he presents, the life of the lamb. And I think so often people go out and try to bring Jesus wolf to wolf instead of lamb to lamb, but... From what we've learned now, like how how to live out the Great Commission is don't go alone, pray, bring peace and vulnerability. Yeah. Not aggression and wolf wolfishness. Yeah. So, so far, like in the, again, going back to the idea of posture, um, bringing Jesus to others and living our faith out loud, it is very sacrificial. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That idea of s- being sacrificial doesn't end in verse three because then we get into verse four and uh before you jump into verse four i'm just thinking that maybe maybe for those that are doing the cohort and going to get together with other people i think it might be an idea of uh writing out a list uh compiling a list of what does it look to be lamb like Mm -hmm. and writing out a list and if you're not doing this in a court you're doing this on your own maybe take a list and say what do you think it looks like in your context to be a lamb it might be helpful to just start jotting a few notes down and making a bit of a list yeah. what it looks like to be lamb-like. But uh, so just a little note. But go on. Yeah. No, Next that's verse. Good. That's good. That's 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 a that's a good uh, point. So yeah, verse four. Uh, continuing on with the idea of sacrifice. Don't carry a money bag, traveling bag, or sandals. Don't greet anyone along the road. 
And so, you know, in, in the previous verses, maybe it was, hey, here, what does Jesus want us to do? And here's an example of what does Jesus not want us to do? No money bag, no traveling bag, no sandals, no stopping to greet people along the road. What, what catches your attention I there? I don't quite understand this one yet. It's like a horse with uh, those blinders on, you know, they g- you, you, you put the horse, you hook up the blinders and you say, you know, go, just don't look around, just be focused and zeroed in and, and move forward. Um, th- that's the image that's popping in my head. It's somehow you're, you're focused. Yeah. Okay. And you have nothing. You're bringing nothing. Yeah. And, and so like, even if we go back a couple of verses where we're talking about who determines the harvest, like. God determines the harvest. So who who are you relying on? You're relying on God, not the not the other stuff. I think this is just a continuation of that thought. The idea of like these people, these seventy two, they're they're traveling light, uh, and and we as we bring Jesus to others are to travel light. Um, we we don't we don't enter in with huge amounts of funding and huge amounts of resources. And so so the idea I I, I think the again. We're not going to be legalistic about this and say, well, you know, don't don't carry a, a bag with you and go shoeless <laughs> or whatever as you go and bring Jesus to others. The idea of like, don't bring your sandals, don't bring your money bag and all that. The principle here is rely on Jesus alone, not your stuff. Yeah. Like if I if I have a money bag of stuff, I know like, OK, I'll be taken care of. I can pay for what I need. But if I'm going, if I'm traveling light without a money bag, then I am completely dependent on, on Jesus if he's sending me out here. So, so this idea of like rely on Jesus and not your stuff, which then I guess kind of leads to the, the question of as we look at ourselves today and the church today, um, what stuff do followers of Jesus rely on to bring Jesus to others, other than Jesus himself? Like, what kind of stuff would we normally rely on for these things? Yeah, the image that was coming to my mind as you were saying that was, uh, like, an old Western movie, and, uh, sorry, it's not a romance movie, it's just a (laughs) Western movie, an old Western movie, and uh, the guy rolls in with his wagon and stops in the main street, whips open his boxes, pops up a sign in the stand, and he starts going, gather around, gather around. It's a snake oil salesman. And he's got all these bottles and tricks and gimmicks and a big thing to attract attention. And uh, I get the exact opposite here. You're just wandering into town as a solo person with no tricks, no gimmicks. Mm. And, And I think when when you ask that question, I, I do, I think back to the evangelism seminar I took 30 years ago where we learned how to use tracks mm-hmm. and the whole thing was about here's seven tracks we'll get you started with those are little pamphlets right yeah here's seven pamphlets and when you go you can use this pamphlet and and so it was all about how to use these pamphlets they were like the tools the tricks and and you had to get good at those if you're going to go and do it right mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, and I think um, in today's context, I think a lot of people are um, have a lot of fear about talking to their friends and family about Jesus, and they feel like, well, I have to get trained in apologetics, or I have to read this book, or give them this book, or I got to bring my other friend, or I got to bring them to church so that the pastor can do it. But I think, um, yeah, like you said, the principle here is, you alone are enough. You have all you need, and mm-hmm. you just like Jesus is the one doing the work. You just need to be willing and show up. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Danny, you're right that sometimes we we rely on a particular tool that we've been trained in. 
and and Jamie, like you're right. Like sometimes we rely on like I have to know certain things. I have to be adept at certain you know a certain amount of of knowledge. Other things like um, we might rely, like you actually said as well, Jamie, like on the church in the sense of like my pastor. I'm gonna rely on my. I'm just gonna bring them to church so that my pastor can do all this all this stuff. Uh, or we might rely on our church buildings or our programs or the money in 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 a in a church bank account. And none of these things are bad in themselves, um, but they're not what we rely on. If we're traveling light, we're not relying on those things. And that's, that's a big perspective shift. Like, like Jamie said, I alone, you know, with Christ with me, am enough. I, you know, I can, I can bring Jesus to others without, even if I don't have all the money bags <laughs> and sandals and all all the other all the other things that i might i I might want um and then he also talks about uh greet no one so so the idea of the first part the the money part is like money has nothing to do with being sent he he says go whether whether there's you know resources behind us or there's no resources behind us he says go but while you're going he says greet no one um, be now, rude. Be rude. Yeah. <laughs> Just be a jerk and don't worry about it. Yeah. That's Someone right. talks to you. <laughs> give them the hand. Give them the hand. Or yeah. or to say, I'm sorry you're doing bad, but that's I'm not here to talk to you about that. I just want to I just want to bring out the four spiritual laws. Yeah. <laughs> bring, bring hey, buddy. Uh, do you have to know which which road to Jerusalem? <laughs> don't talk to me. I don't yeah. have time. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we laugh about it, but ov- and obviously we know that that's not a command to be impolite. Like greeting no one does not mean be impolite. We in in this context in the Middle Eastern culture, uh, greetings could take a very very long time. It wasn't just a passing by and saying hey how are you doing. Like in 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 when we go walking in our area, like we know a lot of neighbors and we bump into people that we know, and and sometimes you stop and you talk to them and you check in on how they're doing and sometimes you know they're they just it's just a wave and saying hi you know and good to see you kind of thing as, as you're going by and in this context uh, i think what jesus is trying to let us know is y- y- you have important business and you shouldn't delay you shouldn't be distracted into other things he's not saying be rude he's saying don't be distracted and in this culture a long Middle Eastern greeting could involve like even meals and stuff. And so it it can be uh, a distraction saying, don't get off track. Yeah. So what would that mean in our culture then? It's a great question. Because obviously yeah. we're not walking down some road to go bring Jesus to the next town. We're just talking to our coworkers and our friends. So what is, how does that apply to this culture? Yeah, we, 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 <laughs> we see that in the, in the Bible stories where they said, <coughs> You know, you want to stop, sure, and then they'd say, "Go make some bread, and let's go kill a lamb, and let's go pre- prep a meal." Oh, they take a long time, um, and it, we can't conceive of that in our culture. We don't do that. So, what would the equivalent be in our culture and of being distracted? You mean? Or? Yeah, like when he says, "Don't go talking to somebody on your way to bring me to, or to prepare the way for me," and if we're just in our own like. Um, Co- our our workplaces or whatnot, wh- how would that apply to people today? 
The, thing, the thinking that's crossing my mind is, again, it's, it's not uncommon in business world for people to write books uh, about don't be distracted by the good. Um, you know, so there are many good things. Greeting someone in hospitality is good. And in a, when you're trying to accomplish something, there are many good things you could do. What you have to be drilling down to is what is the one thing you must be doing. Mm -hmm. And I think in churches... And in our lives, we can do a lot of great things or a lot of good things that are, there's nothing wrong with them. But when we stop and evaluate them against the great commission that God's asked us to do, we realize they're distracting us. Mm -hmm. They realize they're throwing us off our game. So maybe getting our priorities, keeping our priorities in focus. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 like Jamie, I, I think of times where, you know, in, in our, in our uh, village and, and working with the hub and stuff where, where sometimes we've, we've thought, Hey, let's try this event or let's do this. And in the end it was, it was, it, it was simply an event for the sake of, Oh, we, we should have an event, right? There, mm -hmm. there wasn't purpose behind it. And maybe we can, in churches, we can, we can lose sight of the mission and say, Hey, let's, let's do this just because it sounds like a great thing to do. Um, that's that's getting distracted off of off of the mission that we've been sent on. Yeah, and it, it it's harder on an individual level because this we're already we're taking disciples who are sent out two by two down a road to another village, so we're we're not translating that into people listening to this podcast mm -hmm. leaving their home and traveling to another village. We're we're somehow already transposing it into your daily living, mm -hmm. and yeah. and I think. That's where I think it's just evaluating the various things you do in your life that take up time. And when you evaluate them, you realize that you haven't connected with your neighbor who needs Christ. You haven't you know, invited them over for dinner because you're so busy. What are you busy with? You know, is it something that's good or there's nothing wrong with it? There's nothing wrong with you know, someone is saying, well, I got to watch that. I got to binge watch that new series of Yellowstone on on whatever streaming service it's on or something. And, and you realize that I took eight hours or something. Is there anything wrong with it? Well, technically, no. Lots of people enjoy TV shows. But if you see that I was given a commission to reach my neighbors and instead I got distracted and got caught up in this. That's how I. Those are the kinds of things I see it. And, and it, it would have to be individual because I don't know mm -hmm. what's in your life. I don't know what you're doing that maybe is just a distraction. Yeah, maybe, it, maybe in that sense, it boils down to this idea of if we're, if we're wanting to follow Jesus and his guidance in our life, not being distracted, A, from asking for the guidance, but also following the guidance that, that he gives us. And it will be individual in, in each person. Because like you said, Dan, there's nothing wrong with taking the time to watch TV or, or whatever. But if we, have, if, if we have felt like the Spirit has led us to do a certain thing with, with neighbors or with whoever, and we've put that aside in order to do this other thing, then that has become, that's a distraction away from from something that that we've we've already been asked by Jesus to do. I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's possible. Also, this could be a reminder to us not to use excuses. Um, I, I think of that story of Moses being called by God to go 
to Pharaoh and release his people and how many excuses he made. Well, I don't speak well or they won't listen to me or, you know, how many times when God challenges us to go reach some people and maybe we feel compelled to go to a certain group of people and share the gospel with them, but we're making excuses. But I don't have now in this case, I don't have a money bag. I don't have a travel bag. I don't have sandals. Or they're so uh, wolfy. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. what are those things that we make excuses about in Jesus? It doesn't matter. You don't need those things. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, and then maybe one more perspective shift here. Uh, so if we have lived out the, the mission as Jesus has presented so far, up into these first four verses, if you've, you've truly gone to that, you know, in this case, to that other village or your you next know, door neighbor, your next door neighbor, whatever. If you've truly gone, now you're in their space and you are relying on their reception of you. In the, in, in the case of this um, verses one to four, you're relying on their reception of you to provide food and shelter because you haven't carried money with you. You haven't carried these things with you. You've gone into a completely another village and you're relying on them and their reception to, well, or, you know, Jesus to prompt them, I guess you can say, um, for, for food and shelter. I mean, that's... So you're totally at the mercy of somebody else. You are completely vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Completely vulnerable. Like a lamb. Like a lamb. That's true. And so maybe we can, uh, maybe we can sum up, um, this, is, this is all uh, all about posture, these verses one to four. And, and so we, we have this idea of like... Um, Come humbly, right? Come in peace. Uh, bring, you know, you're bringing Jesus to another person's circle. Wait, so you mean it's not about me bringing someone to my church? It's about me going into their world? Into their circle. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. about being sent. So, <laughs> so, and when he says when you're coming into their circle... You're not coming arrogantly. You're not coming, you know, um, proudly in that sense. You're you're coming humbly, and you're bringing Jesus peacefully into their circle. And so there, that's a posture thing. The idea of not being distracted, that's a posture thing. And most importantly, I think here is is depend on Jesus. Like really, that's and that's where the humility comes from. Like I'm not depending on my money, my programs, my skills, my talents. I am depending on Jesus. And that's why I come humbly. And I also think like just looking at him as a shepherd and just mm. that's a way to depend on him. Just yeah. trusting that I'm the lamb here and he's going to provide everything I need. Yeah. 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 Any any final thoughts before we wrap up? No, I, I think as as with anything, what this scripture has reminded us is before you attempt to do anything, make sure your posture is right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that is a great segue into a reflection question for the listeners. And uh, that would, like, listener, you, you have heard us talk about the importance of our posture as disciple makers and people bringing Jesus to others. And perhaps, as throughout this discussion, maybe something has sort of twigged in, in your spirit. And so my question to you, listener, is, for you to bring Jesus to others as it's presented here in Luke 10, verses 1 to 4, where might your posture need to change? Maybe we've been relying on the wrong thing. Maybe we've been distracted. Maybe we've come with the wrong attitude. 
where might your posture need to change? Okay, you've given us great things to think about. Um, listeners, I hope you have taken time to um, think about these things for yourself. And uh, what what do you have for us? What do we what are we doing next? So in our next podcast, we're going to look at uh, verses five to nine. And whereas in verses one to four, we've talked about the posture of a disciple maker. The next podcast, we're going to talk about the action of the disciple maker. Because it's great to, ha to have a good posture, but, but then what? Like, what am I actually supposed to, to do? You're supposed to eat whatever is put before you, no Even matter what's in that bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're, I'm trying to forget that whole story that you shared with us. I know, I think you should us. probably delete it. I don't know why I said well, that. Yeah, if we're laughing and you have no idea, it's because we edited it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always delete it. Most of my stuff is going to be in there and deleted. So whatever. Okay, all right. thank you, everyone. Um, thank you so much to all nine of you who are listening. Maybe by next time we'll have 12. 15. No, 15 are 15, listening. 15, all Let's right. Let's go for 15. Yeah, so thanks so much, guys. We'll see you uh, next time. Bye-bye. And I just want to oh point out, I made a Western movie reflection. Yeah. I don't think I made one romantic movie reflection. There's some interesting things on this shelf. Tell me about the one up on the top there. That is a little token I picked up in in uh, Rome. Oh. For some strange reason, I thought. I think it was from... From that fountain? It was from that romance mountain. It had to be you. Uh, <laughs> there Rob it is. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, and we're back uh, again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was, uh, it, you know, it's also in um, Roman Holiday. Have you seen it's that one? It's in Roman Holiday. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. They did the same thing. So, yeah, I know exactly. Audrey Hepburn's big yeah. debut. Luminous podcast. It's yeah. not a luminous podcast. It's about a romance. You two well, talking I think Danny and I should just you move guys on should, to romance. You should do a romance podcast. We should. No, no, no. <laughs> not